Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, uh, we're going to be going over the sermon titles. There's three of them. The first one is Life Through the Spirit. The second is Present Suffering. And the third is More Than Conquerors. And we're, we will be reading out of the New Testament, Book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 through 39. And I will be using the New International Version, the NIV uh, version. All right, let's begin life through the Spirit. And we're going to start at uh, chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, verse 2, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death, verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of of sinful flesh to be sin offering to be a sin offering and so he condemned sin in the flesh verse 4 in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit and i believe that's pretty that's pretty much self-explanatory of this section here continuing verse 5 those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Let's stop there for a minute. And so basically what this is saying, if um, you're living not according to God, that means you have not realized that you have sinned before God and you've broken God's moral laws, the Ten Commandments, like lying, stealing, looking at another person with lust, which is adultery, um, uh it's also fornication, sex without marriage. Um, so if you've done that, then, you know, you sin, you know. Or even coveting, that means wanting what somebody else has, you know. I'm making another God and in another image instead of God himself. And we can do that with cars, houses, stuff, you know, whatever, a person. You know, it's the same as worshiping. Okay, let's continue verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Verse 10, but in Christ, but if Christ is in you, even then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So in other words, it's... What it's saying is we need to discipline our lives in God. You know, by first 
repenting of our sins, ask God for forgiveness because we have broken God's moral, moral law, the Ten Commandments. You know, I'll just go over the Ten Commandments real quick. Uh, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make any idols. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord you got in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not bear false witness. And ten, you shall not covet. And false witness is lying. And stealing can be anything. If you borrow something, don't bring it back. Paper clip, a pen, a pencil, whatever. You know, if you borrow it, you don't bring it back. You've already stolen. You know, even though we think, ah, oh, you know, it's trivial. But it's not trivial, not to God. God's standards are super high, and ours is super low. That's just how it is. That's why it's, we think it's okay to do stuff. All right, continuing. And we're going to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received it does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received through received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. And let's stop there for a minute. You see see where it says here? Let me see. In verse, Going back in fifth, verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So if you're living in fear, that's not God, you know. And the days we're living in, a lot of people are living in fear, whether it's, you know, the go government telling you, hey, man, you need a fear. Come get these injections we have for you or, you know, the government, um, be fearful. The government's going to, uh, but the government's going to protect you and all this stuff or whatever the case may be. Or you're, you're scared about not having a job or keeping a job um, or, you know, how you go take care of the family. Or if someone's sick or family member's sick or person dies. A lot of worries in this world that we live in because the world's corrupt. So that's why there's death in the world. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God. And we've been living with that, um, with a curse from that time till now. And it's not going to stop until uh, we either go to heaven or Jesus comes back before we die. That's a whole other section. All right, let's continue. Um, this is number two, present suffering and future glory. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not with comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the Verse 20, for the creation was subject to frustration, not by its choice, but by the will of the one who... Who subjected it in hope. Verse 21. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. 
Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves who have... Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who, who hopes for what they already have? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans verse 27 and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for god's people in accordance with the will of god verse 28 and we know that in all things god works for the good of whose love let me go over that again, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, verse 30. And those who predestined, and those who, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So he's saying that all things work together for those that you know he predestined or or he's called. And, and, and I know a lot of people say, well, I don't know about the predestined thing or whatever. Or they say, well, if you're predestined, then why bother? Well, because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, say you're a farmer and you go to plant some seeds and it's guaranteed that the seeds are going to, that the seeds will work no matter what. And so you're going to have a crop and you don't have to worry about it no matter what it's, it's going to plant because it's guaranteed, right? But if you never plant that seed, you'll never have a crop, right? So you still got to do your part. And it's the same way. Um, see, God, God knows everything, you know, so he knows who's going to come and who's not going to come. So that's why he's kind of saying that because he already knows he he has foreknowledge. You know he he is God. He's everything. We're finite, you know, but he's God, and uh, so he's you know omniscient, omniscient, and and he's just everything. You know what I mean? So so anyway, so so it says in those in verse thirty, those he destined he also called those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified you know so that means we hear the those who will respond we hear the gospel and then we we'll respond positively not rejecting it but see he knows who's going to reject and who's not who's going to accept and who's going to reject he just knows let's continue more than conquerors verse 31 what then shall we say in response to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? He, verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Verse 33, 
who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Shall trouble of hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we faith death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, verse 39, neither height nor depth nor any anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And that's the end of that. And I'm pretty sure... That that's self-explanatory also, you know. He's saying, but that's how much God loves us. Actually, God showed God through His Son Jesus, who is God. He has God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's three separate persons, but still one. It's called the Trinity. You know, God, He He can manifest Himself like that, where He's Heavenly Father, and then through the Son, and then through Holy Spirit. Um, and you can find that in the book of John, chapter 1, and it explains all that. But anyways, but he loved us so much, he went through the cross. That's great love. No one else has ever done that, nor could, because you had to be holy and perfect. Jesus was, and no one else is, so that's why God loves us so much, and sacrificed his son, you know. And Jesus, the son, went willingly. So that's how much that God loves us. And we're conquerors. Because even, you know what? It says here that that no matter what, whatever we go through, you know, um, it could be, uh, it says, starting verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And that's those who come to Christ. 37 says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 30, For I am convinced that neither death nor, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future or any powers, neither height nor depth or any else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what, there's nothing to fear, you know. If we live is for Christ, and if we die is for gain, for those who have uh, repented of their sins, that means realizing that they've broken God's moral law, and we all have. Um, then once we realize that, we ask God for forgiveness with a sorrowful, contrite heart, and then we put we transfer the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. You know, I don't have to be no fancy prayer or anything else. Just just talk to God like like you talk to other people. Right? And um let me see. It's just like in um uh, one of my favorite verses is um 
Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and 13. And this is the King James. That's how I memorized it. And it's, um, uh, so Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 9. Uh, if we believe it with our hearts and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And also you can go to John chapter 1. I mean, uh, John, uh, I think it's J John chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, if we confess our sins, he, which is God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, I would think about this and I would do that, you know, just like this. I'm sure that the word, the Bible that I've just been reading here has com convicted you in some way. That means it's it, it startled your spirit, right? So, and if you don't know God, then now's a good time because you can you can die at any moment in any second. And I don't want anyone to die and go to hell because if you die in your sins, that means you have not asked for forgiveness and you have not transferred the trust from yourself to Christ alone. If when you die, you would end up in hell, which is an eternal burning and punishment of pain. And what the Bible says would be um, uh, screaming and gnashing of teeth, and that's forever, nonstop, forever, never, never, never. And I don't, because some people say, "What else? Why would God punish like that?" Well, if you had a if you had a murderer. That had, uh, say, killed three little girls and raped them and and chopped them up and everything. He's standing before the judge. Would you say, "Oh, that's no problem"? They said, oh, "Okay, I won't do it again." No, uh -uh, you got to pay for that. You know, it's called wages. You've you've earned your wages. That's why the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So that person is going to be convicted of his wages. And it's the same thing for us. You know, we've broken God's moral law. It's very serious. You know, we think it's not, but it's very serious. So once we understand that, then your heart's convinced. Say, oh, well, I'm on my way to hell. But we don't have to be because Jesus paid our price of our sins. He went to the cross. And he was whipped before he went to the cross. Then they nailed him to this cross. It was a Roman torture thing that they had. And so he went to the cross for, for us. He was perfect and sinless. And he went to be the one-time sacrifice, and he paid the price for us. It's like if you have a bunch of speeding tickets before the judge, and somebody you don't know paid your fine, the judge can legally say you're free to go. It's just that simple. But that's how serious it is. Now, let me give you some resources. You can go to YouTube, and here are some of the ministries that I would suggest. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersingenesis.org. Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com. Dr. Walter Martin, he's on YouTube, great teaching. Um, and it's waltermartin.org. And watch on YouTube, 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise. I would really suggest you watch that because he helps you to, to understand things. Um, let's see, also... Uh, on YouTube, and also he's got a YouTube channel, is Vody Bachman, and he has a doctorate 
in ministries. He's really fantastic. He had a lot of lot of uh, biblical education and stuff, and a great teacher. You would enjoy him. I watch him all the time. He's fantastic. Okay, and we have an email if you would like to correspond. If you need a Bible, I'll be glad to send you one free. It's it's all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. Let me see. And uh, you can also find us on the audio podcast version. And the platforms you can find us on is Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And I would suggest, you know, if you need Bibles or books, uh, there's a lot of new and used books that are fantastic. You can find it on A Books. You can search if you put it in your search engine or Thrift Books or Amazon. Great way to stuff that, and also another um, this other section to to watch good information is called the TCT Network. Put it in your search engine, and once you get there, you just you scroll down to um, to on demand programs, and there's two of them that are really good. And the first one is Faith and History with William Federer, and the other one is about the Old Testament, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Really good stuff. I would really suggest that. So, so seriously think about what you've heard. Just rewind it and keep hearing it. And I would, I would also say, if you have a Bible, to get your Bible out. And if you don't have a Bible, um, you know, there's Bibles on the phone too. Uh, there's, there's a lot of Bible apps. You just download a Bible app and start reading, you know. Um, they have the NIV. Um, the, I think it's the New Living Translation, whatever. Um, or the King James, the New King James, whatever. Uh, I I think one of the easiest ones is the NIV and the New Living Translation. If you got that in uh, another good version is the ESV. That's the the English Standard Version. Really good also. You know, just to make the Bible a little easier. So till next time, uh, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.